Hey guys, Dane here with the Darkroom Podcast. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. In today's episode, I chat with photographer, brand influencer, and host of the Tinker Street Podcast, Mr. Tyson Wheatley. After working as a journalist and executive editor at CNN for 11 years, Tyson found himself working as a communications manager for Instagram. After that, he took on the world of full-time creator and hasn't looked back since. I had such a good time talking with Tyson, and we get into so much. We talk about his first big photo trip that involves Alex Stroll and a helicopter. We talk about his time shooting in North Korea, the evolution of Instagram, standing out and having your work speak for itself. It feels weird to put bullet points on this conversation, though, not, not going to lie. Uh, mainly because we talk about so much, and there are so many good things I feel like I shouldn't you know, pinpoint certain ones over the other. I'm just trying to give you guys a little like, you know, a little pre uh, nugget to this giant, um, awesome conversation that is uh, propelled forward by Tyson Wheatley. Does that, does that, does that pump it up? Does that do good? Uh, All right, you guys. Oh, and all of Tyson's prints, which you can find on his website, Tyson Wheatley, and that's W-H-E-A-T-L-E-Y.com. All proceeds to his prints right now are being donated to the National Park Foundation. So again, that's TysonWheatley.com and then find prints or tweet.darkroom.tech and all of his proceeds being donated to the National Park Foundation. Tyson, you're awesome for doing that. And without further ado, here is a conversation with Tyson Wheatley. Welcome to the Dark Room Podcast, where you'll get to hear from the best full-time creators on the planet. From starting out to where they are now and everywhere in between. Welcome to the Dark Room. Tyson Wheatley, thank you so much for uh, for coming on and chatting with me. Hey, it's my pleasure, man. It's really great to, uh, to talk to you. And uh, gosh, now I'm feeling nervous a little bit. <laughs> well, you know, I'm always on the... I'm on the other end of this thing and it really takes all the pressure off. And because it's like, a, I have the playbook in front of me. I know what I want to talk about and I'm like throwing out the questions. And then I don't know that I've ever really stopped and thought like, dang, it's really hard to answer some of these questions. Yeah. You know, you know like we're, we're, I mean, cause for people listening that don't know, uh, you host the Tinker street podcast, which if you haven't heard it, it's unbelievable. Please subscribe to it, listen to it immediately after this one. Um, but yeah, isn't that funny? It's like once you're on, it's kind of like being on different sides of a camera, you know, like you're behind it so much and then you get in front of it, yeah. at least for me. And I'm just like, wait, yeah. what this, no, this is yeah. not the way that I want to feel. Yes. That, that doesn't bode well for this too, because I'm actually awful in front of the camera too. So, and, you know, <laughs> so well, <laughs> your video, uh, talking about current times, at least what comes out on the internet, um, how to get into photography without being a dick, your video for life hacker. Oh my God. You saw that. <laughs> yeah, are you kidding me? Not only did I see it, but my, my first thought when I saw it was where were you 10 years ago where I first picked up a camera and had no idea what was going on. And I needed this video 10 years ago. Oh man, that was a lot of fun to make. I I did a I did a project a, a couple years back with General Electric and one of the producers on the field who was working for the agency um has since switched jobs and was making videos for Lifehacker. So, 
he reached out to me and was like, Hey, will you help me do this? The funny behind the scenes story is they, they first approached me with this idea for a video and it, and it was going to be titled how to be a photography snob. And I was like, uh, I don't know guys. I mean, yeah, I want to help you out. I want to make a video, but like, I don't know if snob is like my vibe. So they were like, yeah, actually, you know what? That's a bad idea. How about how to get into photography? how to get into photography without being a dick. And I, <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know. I was like, oh, yeah, okay. I'll no, it's, it's great. Yeah. And especially too, cause at the end of the video, you have that great, <laughs> that great one liner where you essentially say that exact sentence and it flows <laughs> so well and it makes so much sense. And I'm just like, yeah, you know what? A lot of people can be dicks about it, but you're not, this is amazing. <laughs> oh, you're too kind. I mean, the, the general point of that video is really, was just to, um, encourage people you know and i don't know that's i've i've gotten so much help and so much encouragement in my career that i always feel that it's important to pass that along just the um just encouragement you know and you know we're we live in this weird time um as photographers at least i don't know i can only speak i guess i can only speak for myself but you know, in this weird time when we have this like instant gratification um, that we get when we share something on like Instagram, for example, and that 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 immediacy, that sort of like that reaffir- that reaffirmation of like, ah, oh, good job, you've done good. This is a good thing. And yeah, um, and it's it's really weird, and uh, but it but it helps a lot. I feel like it encourages you, and that for me at least kind of helps me keep me motivated to like go out and c- continue to um try and get better yeah you know, if that makes sense so. totally is it is it interesting coming from your standpoint to being a photographer that has shot pre-instagram and through instagram like has there been a big kind of difference in like vision and influence and like how you shoot or have you kind of kept the same style all throughout i really I'm a photographer from the Instagram era. I, I, in a previous life, was not doing anything related to photography. Mm-hmm. I was, I was doing storytelling at CNN, and Instagram came along and it rocked my whole world. It just like completely flipped my world upside down, and I got so into it and got into the community and was getting so inspired by all these people I was connecting with that I just was, you know, I, I was consumed with going out and I, I, I will say before it became photography, it was really just like Instagram. Yeah. I was like an Instagrammer. Mm-hmm. I was, I, you know, I was, I was, I just was really into it, but you know, that I was, that was, you know, primarily capturing photos on my iPhone and then, you know, seeing what I could do with them, yeah. um, you know, using all these, like, you know, it seemed like every few months, especially in the, in the early days, the early couple years of Instagram, there are all these like new apps that would be coming out and be like, Ooh, look, I can make a mirror image or I can, you know, <laughs> I can, uh, I can blender, you know, that was one that yeah. I it was like really cool. And anyway, um, you know, it was really all about, um, sharing images, uh, with the community. Uh, but I think the community aspect was, was really, um, the, you know, the biggest, biggest part of that, but it evolved into, uh, more of a photography thing because of, of the people I was starting to be inspired by the, the, a lot of the friends that I have now 
you know, real life friends that I've made, all these connections, a lot of them were, were professional photographers already. And I was looking at what they were doing and I was thinking, man, that is awesome. And I, and I, I kind of didn't even realize it, but I was falling in love with photography without even sort of being cognizant of it. And, um, the, the sort of deeper I went, the, the more serious I got into it. And then eventually it just sort of clicked like a light bulb, like, Hey man, you love taking photos. So, um, go do that. Yeah. And, uh, I hate to oversimplify it, but I, I think you asked a question about, uh, how has my style evolved or. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you, so even if it, if it started, you know, in that Instagram era, that early one with an iPhone, even like through, through the years, have you seen kind of a drastic evolution in your own style or have you, have you kept the same all throughout? Well, no, definitely. Um, it's, it's evolved many times over. Um, I, I'm a bit of a reinventor of myself, to be honest. You know, I've, I've gone, I've gone through a few different stages in life where I've, you know, I've actually just completely reinvented myself. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that comes from my, um, childhood, even early, you know, I was a military brat. And so we would move every few years to a different location, a different base, primarily in Europe, but, you know, we would, you know, we'd, you'd go and you'd make best friends and then you'd, two years later, you'd pick up and move to a new school and you'd have to sort of yeah, it's rough. make new friends again. And, and in a way I, I feel like I, I learned how to kind of adapt. Mm -hmm. And, um, I credit that with be, like my ability to sort of make friends with almost anybody. Um, but I, I think what I was also doing was kind of every time I would move to a new place, it was like an opportunity to kind of like, I don't know, try something new in yeah. a way if that makes sense. Totally. Uh, I'm not like schizophrenic. I just like, <laughs> I totally uh, you know, I get just, it. No, I totally yeah. understand. Yeah. You just adapt. And so, um, anyway, I, I definitely have done that. And I've seen that over the course of the evolution of Instagram. And, you know, in one sense, just purely in form and in, in terms of like quality of work and the scope of work and the, you know, people are really pushing themselves. People that I grew up with on Instagram, you know, a lot of these like OG guys, I consider myself OG. Oh yeah. And, um, um, you know, if you look at their body of work starting from like seven years ago, eight years ago when Instagram first came out to now, it's just like, it's like, wow, you know, you really went for it. You really like, you know, honed the practice. But in terms of my personal style, you know, man, I, I started out just shooting buildings. You know, yeah. that was that was my my early fascination was, you know, I had a lot to do with where I lived, which was Hong Kong. And, um, you know, I benefited, I think, because I from in terms of like growing a community on Instagram, because I was really like one of the first guys to be, you know, posting on Instagram from Hong Kong. And so, you know, when we think about Hong Kong now. 2019 yeah i know it's weird i can't say it either it's, yeah it's hard i don't get it um you know when i say hong kong this probably conjures up like a lot of images because it's because frankly it's become it's kind of saturated it's become like a hot place to go photograph yeah but eight years ago uh, people didn't even know what hong kong looked like so i was like literally blowing people's minds because mm -hmm. it was like people were like what this city is crazy looking, you know, yeah. it's, it's, it's a very visually stunning place. So, um, I was, uh, I was one of the early guys doing that and I was just fascinated with, with, um, I think a lot of the architecture there 
and um, and a lot of the landscape, and particularly where architecture and landscape meet. And that is still kind of my first love, and I still love shooting that um, stuff. And so, you know, that hasn't gone away, but my style has definitely evolved into wanting to do and try new things, you know? And yeah. so, um, you know, I, I do a lot of travel photography and, and your environments are always changing in that sense. And so, you know, I, I, I've kind of learned and how to incorporate, you know, landscape photography into my repertoire and, um, you know, I, I love shooting people. I didn't always, I was afraid to shoot people for a long time. Mm -hmm. And then I kind of went to this period where I was like secretly shooting people, but I wouldn't share it on Instagram because I knew that, you know, you know, the dirty, it was like a dirty secret was like, you know, portraits on Instagram wouldn't do very well. I mean, that's, that's changed, you know, what kind of work right now fills up your schedule? Like what kind of paid work fills up your schedule? Is it people? Is it landscape? Is it the architecture? Well, I would say, I've, I've worked really hard to put myself in the position to sort of do all those things. Um, and I don't know that it's any one thing that, that dominates, you know, I, you know, I should preface this by saying like, you know, I, I don't consider myself a successful photographer. You know, I, I mean, I'm still figuring out how to do this and really make a living doing it, you know? And so like every, Every year for the past four and a half years, which is as long as I've been sort of calling myself a professional photographer, mm -hmm. I have had to adapt and I've had to learn and get better as a business person, you know, particularly as a business person. That's it's been a steep learning curve, um, you know, going from uh, a steady paycheck to going into this area where you're like really jumping out, you know, jumping out of an airplane yeah. without a parachute. And you're yeah. Like, okay. I have faith Here that we go. <laughs> uh, jobs are going to happen, you know, yeah. they're going to come. And so I really, you know, projects, I'm fortunate enough to just get enough projects every year to sort of keep saying to myself, all right, I'm going to give it another year to right. do this. But I don't know that I've, I, I don't know that I've really like fermented that place where I want to be, where I'm like feeling comf confident and comfortable. And, you know, it's funny. I talk to a lot of photographers, you know, who either they're on my podcast or they're friends of mine. And they all say the same thing, you know, they're, uh, you know, to various degrees, but they're like, look, you know, you know, last year, for example, I went almost three months without a paid project. I, there were other projects I did that were like either volunteer or there were cool opportunities, but they, I didn't make really make any money. And I, I was paralyzed. I was almost crippled by it financially. And I, I had to max out my credit cards and I thought, I, I thought really like, okay, I'm, I'm going to give this one more week. I'm going to give this two more weeks. You know what? I was down to the bone Yeah. and it, and I survived. Thank God. But, um, but it was a real close call. And I, you know, I, I tell that story to some of my, you know, freelance friends and they're like, yeah, I, that happened to me. I went three months without a job. Big deal. You know, like, yeah, it's, it's, um, so it's scary. So, so that's my, that's the preface. That was a very long-winded preface uh, before trying to answer your question. But I basically, I, I'm in, you know, I'm in, I'm in a position where, you know, I, I don't turn down projects. You know, people come. I think of myself as a commercial and professional photographer. So if people want to, uh, if people approach me and they're like, "Hey, we have this thing that we want to work with you," I'm like, "Dope, let's work together." Yeah, let's do you it. Know? And for example, um, 
you, you know, I'm doing, um, I just signed up to do some engagement photos here in New York Nice. Uh, for some people that I don't know. And for not a lot of money, certainly not what my normal day rate was, but I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to turn that down because someone wants, someone loves my photography enough. They want to pay me. And I think, you know, whatever, it's going to be fun. It'll be a, we're going to run around New York for a day and I'm going to shoot this couple in cool environments. And they seem really into my photography. So, you know, I, so that's just another example of how I've uh, adopted. Like I, a couple of years ago, I would have been like, oh, I'd never do wedding photography. Yeah, that's me now. How do I break through that? How, how does someone like, I feel like weddings and engagements and just really you can boil it down to like the very important the very important moments in life, you know, like those types of moments are scary for, I mean, at least me, but I feel like a lot of photographers to kind of break yeah. through and you kind of just need to give yourself the confidence because the shots will be there, but it's these weird moments that, you know, are fleeting that can go in an instant that you need to capture. And I think that's kind of the scariest part. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, I had a phone call with these, with this couple the other, the other night and I was just up front. I was like, Hey, look, I don't, I don't do this a lot. I just want you to know, like, I don't have a lot of experience doing this and like, Oh, that's okay. You know, we, we want something a little different. And I was like, okay, cool. Because it's, I think it will be because I don't really know what I'm doing, but I, I feel really confident shooting people in cool environments and cool landscapes. And you, and we're going to do it in New York, which has got plenty of that. So, um, I think as long as they come into it with the, uh, with the attitude of like, we're going to have a lot of fun, you know, certainly that's what, that's all I can hope for. Yeah, you know, as a photographer, is the subject is like, you know, down to just have fun and and uh, you know and maybe take a little bit of art direction. But anyway, but I, you know, it's it's like so I'm doing it all, man, and I'm trying to do whatever I can. And you know, my my passion and and love, you know, is again, I, I love to shoot really interesting, unique places. Um, I, I think you know if I could. You know, if, if if I could just do whatever I wanted and and felt assured that someone was going to pay me to do this, then um, I would probably spend the majority of my time traveling to places that most people don't go to. Yeah. You know, and I've been really fortunate in the last few years to go to some places that people don't normally go to. You know, um, for example, North Korea. That opportunity kind of came out of nowhere through a connection, actually through Instagram, not out of nowhere, but uh, someone, uh, <laughs> you, get a, you get a private message, like come to North Korea now. <laughs> okay. That was the buzzer. So hold that question. I'm giving me, give me two minutes. I'm really sorry about this. Yeah. No, no, that no. Do your thing. Vegan. This is my vegan food delivery. Do it, man. So can I tell you something? And I don't know if you want to, hang on a second. Thank you. Going to buzz them up. This is how we do it in New York. Okay. I love it. We buzz people. We have we're so pampered here in New York. We have delicious vegan Chinese food delivered right to your. I door. love it. Sounds amazing. But I'm gonna meet this guy in the hallway. But I'm not gonna eat it until after we're done. No. Okay. okay. It's up to you. Yeah. Hey man. Yeah, good. Thanks a lot. Oh, this is cool. Look, it's got my name written on the bag. Here's the rules. Um, if it's hot, you have to eat it because there's no, 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 no way no. I'm going to – you have to. No, no, no. I, I'm, I'm fine, really. And I, don't, I wouldn't dare about eat, try to eat food during a podcast. That's so rude. <laughs> no, it's, it's fine. <laughs> so, okay. Sorry. 
so okay so what i was gonna say is man i i get some crazy like medical news uh just like friday so today's thursday yeah i won't say a date because i don't know when you're gonna publish this but so less than a week ago no what am i talking about monday i got this news yeah this week yeah three days ago I, I had my cholesterol. I went to the doctor. Mm -hmm. I'm 44. I just turned 44 and I feel pretty good. I know I'm not like in the best shape I can be in, but I don't feel like I'm in bad shape. Right. But I went to the doctor just for like a routine checkup. Yeah. Normal which checkup. I hadn't done. Yeah. Which I hadn't done in a few years. I took some blood work and the results came in on Monday and was like, Hey man, your cholesterol is through the roof no it's way. off the charts yeah wouldn't you have warning so, signs of that wouldn't you know no <laughs> which is really scary yeah you don't necessarily know that you have you know uh bad cholesterol and so um he he put me on some medicine um and i also have to take an aspirin every day uh because because i was at like a heart attack risk Heart wow. attack and stroke risk. Unreal. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't, you know, I don't know how, how likely it was that I would, would have one or could have one, but you know, it was enough to scare the crap out of yeah. me. And he was like, and you got to make, he's like, look, you have to make some changes to your diet. So, um, I'm doing, I'm doing like, I'm cutting meat back way back. I'm eating lots of veg. Yeah, Bruce, that's good. I feel like, like the meat will do it, right? A lot of meat, like a lot of red meat, it can't be that good. Yeah. 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 I don't know. I don't think I ate a whole lot of red meat, but man, I don't know. So anyway, that's that kind of a boring story. I'm sorry. But yeah, so I'm, I'm, I already started this year by being like, okay, new year, new me. I'm going to mm -hmm. like get in shape. I'm going to eat better. So I was kind of ahead of the curve and this just reinforced it. It was like, yeah, man. Do you, you exercise? Yeah, I joined a gym. Nice. I mean, I've always I've always been kind of a runner. Um, yeah, it's hard. It's hard to be a runner. It is. Yeah, it's tough. And I've done and I've done some long distance stuff, um, but I but I kind of took all last year off. I didn't really do a lot of running. I just yeah. Kind of got, got fat over the holidays. <laughs> well, New York in the in the winter too. Like that's not a place that humans should want to run, right? It's cold and it's raining and snowing. As, as my luck would have it, they opened up a brand new gym, ah. like across, like literally a block from where I live. And, and I was like, oh, okay, it's a sign. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, there's a big sign that says free membership. Just walk in the door. You're like, okay, fine. Here we go. Exactly. Yeah. And so I'm in, I'm there now, you know, and it's, it's funny cause I've never really been a gym dude. Um, yeah. and in fact, I don't even, I like, I, so intimidated like i don't even know what to some workouts work i don't know how to do any of these machines and um yeah and, gym life's a know, weird life yeah thankfully it's not full of like humongous people who are That's just good. Like, so ripped that it would be intimidating it's just kind of like normal people i mean they're like all in shape which is great because it's like oh yeah these are like people like me and look they're doing it they're in shape so i just kind of like I've been so I've been doing this now a few weeks, so I'm I'm getting better at it. I'm just like every day I kind of like watch somebody, you know, not in a creepy yeah. way. But I just, have, I no, just yeah. like watch what they're doing, and I'm like, okay, okay, okay. And then like you know, and then when they're done with the machine, 
you know, and I make, you know, I look both ways to make sure no else is coming. I'll just creep over there and be like, <laughs> okay, let me try it. You know, I, I love it. You should. So the gyms <laughs> in Los Angeles. Now those are some wild gyms because we have actors out here and we have a lot of like very oh, like wow. self, uh, I don't even know the word that I want to use, but just like very self-involved uh, people. So it's like yeah. selfie on selfie on video selfie on biceps that you've never even imagined they could be this big. And they just look down on everyone like, you know what? Like, I'm going to get this part. And it's like, no, we're in a gym. Like, nope, this is my part to get. It's like, all right, fine. Here you go. <laughs> uh, but yeah, gym life's a weird life. I like to box because it kind of oh, really? like you can kind of be in the – yeah, like it. It gets a lot, like you burn a lot of calories, like 800 to 1,000 if you box for an hour. Um, you can box at a gym too. I do that. I hit the heavy bags, but I had like a trainer for a bit and um, and it was in like class settings too. So you're kind of doing it with people and there's like no judgment. And yeah, I just find it like more than running it. I try to find ways to like really burn off a lot of sweat and like burn off a lot of freelance angst. And I think that that's the best yeah. way for me. Boxing. Yeah. Now, now that's interesting you say that because there is a boxing gym, also very close to my neighborhood. I live in a, I live in a um, kind of like, well, I live in Queens, and which is um, which I've heard. I mean, I, I don't know. I've, I've heard this. I don't know if this is like actually true, but I've heard that I live in like in the most diverse community in in uh, in America, and um, and. It seems like that is true. Uh, my block, for example, is uh, Dominican and Puerto Rican and um, Nepalese nice. and Polish and Polish. All those uh, there's little communities all, all just right in like a four block area here. Yeah, and um, which makes for like some really awesome bakeries and uh, and uh, well taco trucks and all kinds of awesome stuff in my neighborhood. Um, anyway, there's a boxing gym. And I'll be honest, like it seems way more intimidating than the gym uh, that I joined because, like, it, if I go in there, like, I feel like I'm gonna get hit in the face with a. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, is that what happens to you? Like, you step in the ring with somebody and like actually. Start? No, 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 no. Oh, I, okay. I don't, I don't do that. I mean, that happens. I think. I feel like it's like a Fight Club thing where it's like certain people just don't talk about it, but it happens after hours at a gym that I go to. Um, or I went to, I don't go there anymore. Um, but no, I just, I like, I do pad work with trainers. Um, you know, like oh. they're just calling out like the, you know, like one, two, one, two, three, like those things and just like jabs and, and hooks and they have those like big oven mitts on and you're yeah. like, oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. They have those big ones on. And then like, we'll do bag work too. And like, they'll call off like what to hit. And then sometimes I'll just go just hit a bag by myself for half an hour and just, you know, it just, it helps. I don't know. I just feel so, I feel like I got everything out, you know, which is what I like to feel like when I work out. It's tough. Cause I'll run and like, I'll get bored or just be tired and my knees will hurt and then I'll just have to stop. And then I'm just barely sweating and I'm done working out. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe, yeah. you know, maybe six months from now, I'll have the confidence to go in there. Let me yeah. get, I was going to get ripped in this gym first and then I'd go into the box. I don't want to go in the, <laughs> you walk in there, then they're afraid there. of you. They're like, Oh no. Oh, this Tyson guy. What's he, what's he, this guy about? Literally no one has been afraid of me in my entire life. So, <laughs> in fact, I have a face. I think I have a face that me, that, that people are just like, Oh, I'm going to ask that guy for directions. You, you have a very, like, you have a friendly face and you have a friendly this voice happens too. to me. This happens to me everywhere I go. Even if it's like a place I don't live, someone comes up to me and says, Hey, can you tell me? And I'm, I feel like I'm always like, I don't know where that is. I don't live here. Sorry. <laughs> um, 
But you know, like it's actually happened to me enough where I've actually I'll actually just like Google this place and show uh-huh. them like like here's where it is. See? Yeah. That's amazing. You're the guy at Best Buy when I think like you're wearing a blue polo, but I look over at you. I'm like, excuse me, sir. Can you open up this case for me? And you're like, I don't work here, but I can try to. (laughs) That's who you are. I love that. I would be employee of the month at Best Buy. I mean, (laughs) I just want to, I know that sounds really boastful, but I want to go out on a limb and say, I would, I would be a one customer service. You'd be, you'd be stoked if I was you would. your best buy guy. So I started shooting, um, 12 years ago because I got a job at circuit city. You remember circuit city? Yeah. Yeah. I do actually. So I, I got a job remember. there and they said, <laughs> where do you want to work? You can work as a cashier or you can work in the camera department. And I was like, well, I don't know how to do either. So I'll choose cameras. So I had to learn about two megapixel cameras in what year is that? 2006, like four megapixel, like little point and shoots. And then uh dslrs and i couldn't even spell dslr when i first started and got a camera um but you know it's just funny because yeah i i definitely know what i know what it's like to work at a place like that you know yeah well what's it like (laughs) uh it's cool it's interesting actually well circuit city went out of business uh so that's a little bit different of a story. People are very interesting, but you know what's cool about working in a photo department in a place like that is you get photographers and people from all walks of life that either want to chat for an hour at least while other customers are tapping you on the shoulders and like trying to figure out something, but they just want to talk about photo. And then you get people that will talk about photo and then just completely make you feel like you have no idea what you're talking about and and <laughs> completely just make you be like, man, like, do I even want to work here anymore? Do I even know what a megapixel is? Like, I got to get out of here. That's what it's yeah. like. Um, yeah. But, but yeah, that was that the very be beginning of, of uh, why I picked up a camera. Uh, so, <laughs> so anyways, before you yeah. got uh, Chinese food, um, yeah. we were going to talk about how you got a, a message – uh, to go to North Korea, and you didn't know if it was a real message or not. Oh no, no, I I knew it was a real thing. It okay. was someone who it was a friend of mine who um, his name is Drew Kelly. He he had uh, he was had lived there. Well, he had worked there. He had he had, I don't know. It was really weird. He had he had gotten a teaching job with former fascinating guy, former hair model, who nice. um, went and got like really into. I don't know. I guess it got into like God in a big way and like mm-hmm. went to some uh, Christian uh, college, I think, and, and met up. I, I may, I may be, I'm, I may be fudging these details. So I apologize, Drew. Uh, but he met, he met some, uh, uh, he met, he made some friends there that were sort of well-connected in North Korea and they were opening a new, they were opening us, they were affiliated somehow with this new school that was going to open up there. And, uh, and Drew got a job um, teaching there, teaching, um, you know, privileged, uh, well, I say privileged because, you know, there's only a, there's a portion of the population in North Korea that is, has privilege. And then like the vast majority of them don't. And, um, and the ones who do get to go to school. And, uh, so he was teaching at this school, uh, I guess the children of kind of like North Korean elites. Um, and, uh, I forget what he was teaching. Um, economics or something or i don't know but uh it's so funny he 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 he, i he recall i recall the story he told me about um explaining to kids um what an atm was and uh you know and they were that makes sense they were like fascinated they were like 
what you know yeah like money comes out of this machine and then um uh and then he also t- he tells this great story about like letting like playing beatles for the first time for the for these kids you know these are like um young adults and, yeah, uh, and they don't get to hear anything Beatles. from from here ever. No, no, they don't have any communication with the outside world Not. at all. They have no idea. They don't have. They have no idea what's going on uh, outside of their own country and community. Um, and you know, the information that they do get is heavily uh, propagated. So um, you know, if not completely false information. Um, that they're given. So it's a fascinating, fascinating uh, part of the world. And um, after Drew had taught there, he uh, he helped organize a, a, a trip um, and he brought some Americans. Actually, Jessica was with me, Jessica Zolman. And when oh, I no was podcast, awesome. Yes, yeah, she was with me. Um, and we went together and was with, with some other uh, small group, like eight of us, um, went over there and um, it was a it was a really amazing opportunity. I I went. Uh, you know, my parents were not excited about this idea, and mm-hmm. my girlfriend's parents were definitely not into this. And I don't think my girlfriend was too excited about it either. But yeah, it's kind uh, of a weird despite, thing. I get it. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Despite all all of my most trusted and loved ones uh, saying don't go, I went, and um, <laughs> um, you know, it was wild because you you probably heard or you know you know about the story of this this guy named Otto uh, Warb Warbling. Oh man, sorry, I can't remember his name. That's so I don't terrible. think I do. Well, so he was the American who was uh, he was imprisoned um, in North Korea. Uh, for tearing off, well, you know, according to the the North Korean officials, for tearing down a propaganda poster uh, from this hotel, oh. and um, and he was uh, put in jail, and and uh, he had this had just gone down probably two or three weeks before we got there, like the, his arrest and detainment had just happened. So it was like, everyone was like, uh, uh, don't, don't go there. But yeah, super, um, everyone's super like cautious out there too. I'm sure when they yeah. see an American. Now I will say that, you know, going to North Korea is like, it's not like, it's not like some huge mystery. Like it, there, there are these, uh, tour groups and they're run by Chinese companies so, um, and they, and you go in and you have a very strange, you know, usually like one week tour of North Korea and it's all, all very like programmed and it's kind of the same thing for almost every guest probably with maybe a few variances, but, yeah. um, so you just fly into Beijing and then you get, you know, and then you sign up with, uh, I use this thing called Kyoto tours and, um, you know, they give you this debriefing, you know, and it's like, okay you're going into North Korea. It's a little different than anywhere else you've been. Yeah. And like, here are the things to do and here are the things not to do. And, you know, we spent a lot of time on the things not to do, which were weird things. There were weird things. It was like, don't fold the newspaper, uh, you know, or don't fold the newspaper because it's going to have a photo of, um, Kim, King Jong-un. Oh uh, yeah. The leader there. Yeah. Yeah. And definitely don't like sit on the newspaper. That's like a big no, no. (laughs) Which Uh, also is like, all right, I'll try not to sit on the newspaper. Yeah. Right. I mean, they're just like, they're just like giving you the, I mean, there weren't like so many rules, but there were like some rules, you know? Yeah. Uh, don't, you know, well, I was there with some other, I'm a photographer and there were, you know, you know, that, but like there were other photographers there or people wanting to take photos and they were like, okay, look, 
don't take pictures of any military, you know, oh, yeah. don't do it. And don't take pictures of, uh, construction workers. You know, that was like a big thing. They just pointed that out ahead of time. You know, they didn't necessarily explain it. They just said, don't take pictures of construction. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so what did um, you focus on shooting when you were out there? So as it turns out, the, the really cool thing about this trip and, 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 and look, I'm, I in no way am like, wanting to sound like I'm pro North Korean or I'm not supporting anything. This is nothing political about this at all, but it, it's really just like on a human level. What was really fascinating about this trip was like one of the things that was cool about it was I was actually able to shoot almost everything that I wanted. Nice. You know, I was led to believe that I wasn't going to be able to have access to a lot of things. And when I got there, I, I basically was just like feeling, I, you know, I, I, we had these, everywhere you go in North Korea, you have these uh, two minders um, who are like, you know, they're basically they're, they're they're under the guise of being tour guides, but like you know, like everyone in North Korea, they like work for the government. So, yeah. um, so they're you know, they you could also say, hey, they were spies. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, they were you two never spies. Know, really. They were there just to make sure that we didn't do anything wrong or get in trouble. Yeah. Um, and and every new location that we would go to, I would just go to the minders and be like, can I take photos here? You know, and they would yeah, say, which yeah. is great. That you know, did that yeah. for sure. There were like a couple exceptions that we weren't, you know, weren't allowed to take photos, but, um, you know, it, it was, it was, um, it, you know, I, I've spent a good deal, a great deal of my life traveling. I had parents, I grew up with parents who were avid travelers and they still are. Yeah. And, um, and they, I, one of the things that my parents instilled in me, I think early on was just, just like, they were really fascinated by other cultures and, um, they really love to meet people who lived in different countries and they like to try their, the food, the different foods. And, you know, I don't know. And, you know, and learn the customs. And, and I, I feel, I find that, that I have really, that, that really gives me a lot of life is just having that kind of experience, you know? And so, um, to be able to go to a place that really was mysterious in a lot of ways and, you know, I mean, my, my time there was definitely a very controlled, um, scenario. Like, you know, we, did we see the real North Korea? No, we, we saw a version of the truth that, you know, that, that we were, Shown, you know, that, yeah. that we were allowed to show, be, you know, see. Yeah. And a lot of it was like complete bullshit. You know, there was like, um, you know, the, we'd go to this monument and like a, a tour guide would show up and you'd be like, yes, they built this monument in 10 days, you know, and it's like, uh, <laughs> like, you know, okay. it's like 150 <laughs> feet, you know, and you're like, yeah. okay, yeah, I don't think so. But like, you know, um, but, but just being there and being exposed, you know, there's going to be, um, you know, not every, not every second of it, not every interaction you had with people was like, uh, was like a plot, you know, or like a, yeah. a, a, a play, you know, it was, there were some elements of like the real North Korea there that we got to see. And, um, <laughs> yeah, anyway, that's so it's funny. Cause like those people that were, were helping you out, like I, I know exactly what you mean because I mainly I've seen documentaries, you know, when people get to go there and like, it's always the same. They're with like those one or two people that they even talk about like, yeah, like they might be spies, but they definitely like, they're definitely in cahoots with everything going on in everyone. And it's almost like everything's kind of happening around you at that moment. Like the Truman show. Yeah. Truman show is a great analogy. So, and I, you know, and I, I like that movie. I thought that was really fascinating. So, you know, I got into that, you know, and, and I, you know, uh, you know, 
I'm not the like the world's greatest world traveler, but I, I feel like, you know, part of what this to get back to sort of your original question about like, you know, what what do I love to shoot and what am I inspired by? Yeah, you know, going to places that are a little more uncommon, a little more off the beaten path, like that. I don't know. I just feel like that's kind of like, that's kind of an area where I can excel personally as a photographer and also, and the story that I'm trying to tell people. You know, which is like. You know, look, we 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 live in an era right now of complete saturation. Thanks to Instagram, which is great. I love Instagram, yeah. you know, but like it has become like Iceland, for example, you know, like it's just like, wow, have we seen Iceland? You know, yeah. I mean, um, and, you know, the Faroe Islands, you know, like four years ago, five years ago. Like, oh, those are popping off hot. Like, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. It's so hot. But I mean, the, you get you go through these like hot zones and I don't know, sometimes you kind of like I get a little cynical. <laughs> I've known to do this <laughs> uh, and depressed or whatever. And, yeah, I can, you know, I can be like a half, you know, half empty, half, half empty type guy, you know. But, you know, when in my cynical, most cynical phases, I think to myself, man this whole, like, you know, there's no places left, you know, like it's all been, it's all, it's all been done and saturated. And, and I live in, I live in a city, New York, that is especially saturated, you know, like yeah. there's so many images of New York that I, when I go out and I, and people are like, Oh, you live in New York. Like you must love taking photos there. And the truth is like, yeah, I don't, because I just, I've seen it a lot. Right. I, so, you know, I would rather go you know, I, you know where I want to go? I want to go to Iran really bad. Oh, I want to go nice. to Iran. I want to shoot these mosques that I've seen. I've seen, I've, I've heard the people there are awesome. And this dickhead president has made a travel ban. I can't go there. I've been trying, I was been trying to go for a year and a half trying to get over to Iran. So yeah, if anyone rough. listening, if anyone has, like, anyone knows how I can get over there, like, Oh, I'd be eternal grateful. Grateful. Anyway, <laughs> well, what I think Instagram—it's—it's it's so it's such a weird thing, and in a way too, it's kind of a catch twenty-two, right? Where like, okay, there's all these photographers coming out, and some of them are starting like net in the last year or two. Like, I've even talked to some incredible photographers that started like three years ago, and yeah, their work yeah. is unreal and it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. It is, but they grew up in this like not grew up. They just started shooting with all yeah. of this at their fingertips and the Faroe Islands in front of them, knowing they can go there and if they get that shot, they can yeah. get those followers. Yeah. yeah. Well, listen. I mean, if anything, I mean, look, the same thing happened to me. It just happened a little earlier. You know, like in the era of Instagram, what Instagram has helped do, and we live in a time, and you know, it's not all Instagram's fault, but like we live in a time where you have access to this information. And the blueprints are right out there. They're they're not hard to find. You know, it's like in terms of like cool locations and cool inspirations, right? I mean, you can follow you can follow someone on Instagram, and you can you can like just literally recreate like you can retrace their steps for yeah. the most part. You know, um, and there you know there is. It's like funny. I have a friend who we talk a lot about this, like someone should go around New York and just put their like stencil, these footprints, you know, at these like certain places that you <laughs> yeah. go to get this like, yeah, exact stand shot. here. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that exists on a, on a global scale now, which is just fascinating. And, and, and because, um, because of these awesome, I mean, really, really talented young up and coming photographers who are like, okay, okay, this is the equipment I need. This is the like places I need to go. This is, you know, and, and they've been able to 
grow audiences on Instagram. They've been able to like they get they get these opportunities, you know, because of because of it, because of this like amazing new market, this new like economy around image taking. The, it just seems like the bar of entry has never been more accessible you yeah. know, or lower. You yeah. know, 20 years ago, you you had to, you know, you had to have like massive equipment, really expensive, cost prohibitive equipment. You, if you wanted to be a, you know, if you wanted to break into the business, you needed to like get an, you know, an apprenticeship with like a, an established photographer or, and, and then if you wanted to have your, your photos published anywhere, you had to like have this in with like a, you know, with like an editor and like none of that matters anymore. Yeah. Like you can literally just like, if you have that raw talent and you have that like that aspiration and and like energy, like you can just create your own thing and call yourself a photographer and then like go do it. I love it. And yeah. it's yeah, it's awesome. I love it. But like that's that's who I'm competing with now. You know because yeah. um, you know the like so primary like the way I make a living primarily. I have a few different things I do, but. You know, I do a lot of, I guess, what's now referred to as like Instagram influencer work, influencer work, mm-hmm. which is a dirty word, uh, <laughs> but there's not a doesn't seem to be a better one out there. Yeah. Um, or at least not. It seems to be sticking. But I, um, you know, I, I was one of the early people doing this stuff. And when I started, you know, it was a very small field of people doing it. And you know, and also like, you know, only a handful of agencies and brands that were also doing it, you know, so it was like, it was like small, but we, they were, they were picking from a smaller field. And so I feel like it maybe was easier for me to get jobs. Now it's, there's a lot, there's like never been more marketing money spent on social media than there is currently. And there's agencies popping up every day that are like, Hey, we have this cool social media campaign. However, being an Instagram influencer is no longer like, all that special because like literally there's there's (laughs) so many and like in my genre like the photography world right even the travel photography world if you want to narrow it down even more there's there's still tons but beyond that there's influencers of every shape and size there's nail art influencers there's slime creating influencers there's makeup artists there's athletes celebrities you know celebrities weren't on instagram when it, you know for the first couple of years of instagram yeah really, that's right it's totally right yeah yeah and now they they got on and they were like okay we're taking over and uh <laughs> you know and verified and verified in a day easy yeah and they're celebrity influencers now and so it's all everyone is competing for attention and so it's never been more difficult and i just feel lucky i feel lucky even if someone wants to work with me and, and do something. And so, you know, I just feel really fortunate. However, I don't know that it's really honestly sustainable for me. So, you know, I've been faced really in the last year and a half with this like kind of stark reality that like, okay, look, I'm not, I'm not like hot shit on Instagram anymore. You know, like I, I used to be, but like my, my time has come and gone. Like I, I, you know, I'm, I'm in that phase now where it's like, you know, um, um, you know, I, I'm I'm able to rely on reputation. People know that I'm really nice, like easy to work with, and a nice guy, and I'll work really hard, and like I'll you know t- take quality photos. But like in terms of like getting huge engagement on Instagram and growing my audience, like those days are I'm in my twilight now, <laughs> and so 
and so it's like, okay, am I going to keep getting these jobs? Like, I don't know. So I, I'm actually trying to phase, I'm trying to step into this new phase now. I want to keep taking photos. And so I'm trying to figure out how do I, how do I continue to do that? How do I get jobs that don't have anything to do with posting to social media? You yeah. know, and you know, can I, can I learn how to do these big commercial shoots? Can I, can I work on a set? Can I, you know, can I lead a team of uh, producers and stylists and art directors and, and, you know, make something cool commercial happen. And, you know, and if I'm able to make that leap, which is what I'm working on right now, you know, then I, then I think I'll be fine. And I'll think I'll be able to like keep taking photos for a living, which would be great. Yeah. And if I can't, well then I don't know, buddy. <laughs> As a freelancer, does the uncertainty be a Best Buy? <laughs> <laughs> be a Best Buy. Circuit City might come back too. You never know. Yeah. Uh, does does being a freelancer does the uncertainty behind that does that fuel you or does that make you shift gears and and kind of seek different avenues? Well, if you know, if you talk to the old vets who've been doing this a long time, they'll all say that look, it's it, the photography world has evolved. It's yeah. always been evolving. Um, I just think it's it's kind of like hit a whole nother level, another speed just in the last, you know, I think the, the social media has really been a disruptor in a lot of ways. Um, and, you know, maybe that was but that wasn't necessarily something that could have been predicted. So, yeah, I think I think you always have to be motivated um, and and open to be, uh, you know, adaptive, adaptable. You know, you got to stay on top of like trends and. I don't know. I mean, yeah. uh, this is kind of a dumb example, but like, you know, drone photography, you know, like when it, when it first came out, it was kind of like, huh, what's this? This is kind of neat. But you know, yeah. I don't know. I was like, I was like, wow, this is cool. Like I, I want to learn how to do this. And I was like, really intimidated by it. You know, that's before, like now it's like, you know, now it's like, okay, well, you know, you got, you, you got to have a, you got to have a drone as part of your art. It's just another tool. Yeah. But you know, people have made, um, you know, a lot of people have made a whole career around it, around, you know, being like a cool, like drone photographer. And yeah. so, you, you, you know, my friend Ruben Wu, who um, it's uh, his Instagram is it's Ruben. He's also uh, a keyboardist for the band Ladytron. Uh, really, really nice and brilliant guy who inspires me in so many ways. He, uh, you know, he took he took the drone technology and he did something really kind of unique with it, which is like really awesome, you know. So, uh, so what he does, what he does is he take he's taken these like LEDs, custom LEDs, and he's affixed them to his drone, and then he goes out to these like really remote landscapes, mm -hmm. like really remote, and then he you know shines different. He shines the light. He flies over the different parts of the landscape, and he he makes cool, you know, in the dead of night and makes these like really cool, uh, images that like you've just never seen before. Yeah. That's awesome. And, and so, you know, I see what I see that. And I see that as like, here's someone who is, uh, you know, he's constantly adapting, you know, he's, he's, in fact, he's like created like this whole new, uh, genre of, uh, cool, you know, he's doing something in, so like, you're doing something unique. And so I'm at the stage in my career where like, when I see someone doing that, when I see someone that's doing something that no one else is doing, that really blows my mind and gets me so excited about it. And it gives me hope and pushes me. There's still the opportunity to put your own stamp on this 
extremely crowded and creative place, you know, yeah. this industry that's like flooded with cool and talented people. Uh, you still can carve out your own thing and, and do it. So, you know, I, I haven't done it yet, <laughs> um, but it gives me hope when I, when I see friends of mine, you know, peers who are, who are doing it. Yeah. That, that topic itself, like finding your unique niche or your the unique style that you shoot, like that thought keeps me up at night and drives me crazy. And some days it's like a good thought and it's like, okay, great. And other times, you know, it's like, man, like, what am I doing? And it's, it's, it's a weird balance, right? Because a lot of people that you talk to and a lot of people that you see, they're so unique, but are they, you know, like to them, are they unique? Right? Like to, to me, you're super unique. Your style is, is like, I could point it out. I could be like, oh, that's a Tyson Wheatley for sure. But it's almost like growing up with, uh, with yourself, right? Like you see yourself every day, you don't see the changes. So you don't really see how drastically unique your work can be. If that makes sense. I don't know. But like, like people I've talked to too, like some of the, like short stash, uh, Garrett King, just talked to him, just released his episode today. His work is so one of a kind, right? And it's like, how do I find my unique vision when maybe it's always been there, you know, does that make sense? Am I getting crazy with this? I mean, I, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Cause first of all, I, I'm super flattered. That's a very flattering thing that you just said to me. It's like the highest compliment. And I, but I, but I would disagree because it's like, I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't know that I do have my own new style, but so yeah, I don't know. Maybe your theory is correct then. Yeah. Maybe we're so close to it that we don't even no, you know, um, all I can say is that like, I think it's really important that, you know, you keep searching for that unique style and, um, you know, and my, I feel like I definitely, when I look back at my work, I definitely feel like it's evolved and, but what, what has, it's not so much, it's not even so much the work. It's almost like the eye has evolved. Yeah, you know, or even the the way that I curate has evolved. Because mm-hmm. um, what's interesting is, and I do this every year, and I'm actually in the process of doing it because I need to like redesign my website. And, you yeah, know, that whole thing. Kinda, yeah, I'm kind of like just rethinking everything right now. And so, what's funny is I've been going back and looking at a lot of old images in these last few weeks. I do this every January, uh, in part because I don't have a I don't have any work. <laughs> I have a slow time in the industry, but um, but I've been going back and looking through my stuff. And I've set aside like, well, last at last count, I had about 80 to 100 images that I've set aside be, that I want to re-edit, that I want to like, cool. you know, to look at again. Yeah, um, I love because that. I saw because I saw something different this time too. I was just looking through them, and I and I was like, you you've actually never posted this, and uh, you know, this is like photos from Bolivia and Brazil and. I don't know, just this stuff that maybe, maybe I, maybe I moved too quickly and I didn't go through it. But I, I think what's more likely is that I think my eye has evolved because I think that's what's always evolving and always changing. Yeah. And so I look at it now differently and I kind of had an idea of like, oh, you know what, you, maybe a different crop or maybe you should, you know, there's something here. So, so I don't know it, you know, I do this a lot and, and, and chances are like, you know, 90% of them, like, I won't like, you know, I'll be like, yeah, okay. You were right the first time. You <laughs> just move on. Um, 
but I, I'm excited about doing it. I'm excited about going through and looking at these new ones um, because I feel like maybe there's something there that I missed. And I, I think it has a lot to do with just how you um, you rethink of, uh, how your eye adapts and changes. Yeah. Does that I, make sense? No, totally. I was going to say, like, I, I love when I actually have the time to go back to old sessions and open up Lightroom and, like, go back even, like, two years and go through and every single time. I find at least a couple, like a handful of photos where it's almost like, oh man, like it's like then I kind of saw into the future of where my eye was going and it's like, it's glimpses of it being like, this is kind of where we're going to go, but I'm going to sprinkle this in. You're going to find it later. And I'll be like, oh my gosh, like how did I skip through this before? And it, it just re kind of repurposes, you know, like the style and it can help change it in ways too. But I totally understand what you're saying. And it's also... Very cool to hear that from someone like you because, you know, you kind of, at least me, like I, I always feel like these photographers that I look up to and are, are super established and I, I just think that, you know, they just walk around all day knowing what they shoot, knowing their style, having, you know, just like no doubt in, in anything. And to hear that like you're just a real dude as well, like you have the same thought process that like I have sometimes of like, what am I doing? Am I going to change everything? What's going to happen next month? What's going to happen next year? Like, is my style like doing anything for me anymore? Like, oh, man, it's just super, super awesome. Well, yeah. You know, I, I've talked to enough people where I, I hear this a lot and I bring this up a lot. And so, cause I, I definitely experience this a lot. Um, meaning that I go through I go through routine bouts of like self-doubt and sort of questioning. And I think that's, maybe that's just part of the fabric of creative people. There yeah. are certainly, certainly photographers out there that do have a clear idea yeah. of who they are and what they're doing and what they're shooting. Alex Stroll, for example, um, really brilliant business guy, definitely knows what he's shooting and makes and makes moves, you know, specifically to go and, you know, he sees things two or three steps ahead of time. He makes, he makes plans to go out and execute and get a certain thing, certain photo, yeah, make a series out of it, turn into a book, you know, just really like, whereas like, I think sometimes for me, it seems time to time, I'm just sort of like, I'm just wandering around and like, Oh, cool photo. Yeah. I just, see how that, I just like, yeah. I just like walked into that one. Yep. And I'm a lucky son of a bitch because, <laughs> yeah. you know, um, so I want to be more, I mean, I want to be more on the Alex Stroll side, which is like, I want to be, you know, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm planning, I'm planning a road trip here in a couple weeks. I'm doing a, I'm doing a project for Alamo rental car. They're one of my clients. They've been, cool. they've been a client now for a year. Uh, this is going to be my second year now working for them. And they're a great, great, great client because they give me a lot of freedom and they love my photos and they just, I don't know, it's, it's great. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and it's, and it's all about, <clears throat> and it's all about places that you can explore that are sort of within, you know, one to two hours of a major airport, you know? And yeah. so there's a lot of discovery there, you know, when you look, when you sit and look at all the airports that we have. And so, um, so it's also kind of a fun product. Anyway, I'm, so I'm, I'm right now I'm in the process of, of really like mapping out like a, a 12 day run and gun type scenario where I'm going to be in a car driving from destination to destination. I'm trying to like map it all out and I'm getting so excited because I know I'm going to be, 
you know, I know I'm going to be out there capturing stuff that I'm going to be excited about. And, and again, I'm trying to go to places that I've never been to before. I'm really trying to like, I'm trying to leave behind what I would, what I sometimes consider when I'm cynical as a very cliche type shot. Um, and it's not because I have anything against those shots. It's just that like, for me, that's not, you know, I, I'm trying to, I'm just trying to capture something new, you know, and, and and I'm going to die by that sword, I guess. (laughs) Um, but, but I'm getting excited because I know that I'm sort of like, I have a vision for what I want. There's a lot that I, there's a lot that's not going to be controlled. You know, I don't, you know, I can't plan the weather. I can't, you know, I don't, I don't, I'm going to places I've never been to before. So, um, is there's an element of surprise, which I like. And so, you know, um, so I'm feeling good about just executing something, you know, I feel like it's right up your alley too, to be able to just have your camera, have a car in this case, and just be able to see what happens. And I know that not a lot of photographers can, can function like that. Right. Like I'm even the same way. Like I, I just like to go do something and bring my camera along. And if it's a a project I'm being paid for, like hopefully I can have the creative freedom to just like be that like wandering photographer. Like that's, I feel like that's the dream, right? Like that's, that's the types of projects that, that people should just love. It's a dream. Yeah. No, no, that's a dream. That's a dream project. And they're not, you know, and they usually don't like happen that way. So, um, yeah, they're usually a lot more sort of um, prescribed in terms of like, okay, this is exactly, you know, this is what we want, you know? Yeah. So back, back when you first um, were really getting introduced to Instagram, so you were a communications manager in San Francisco, right? So I, yeah. So, I mean, I, so after CNN, uh, after CNN, um, well, I, I should say I left CNN to go work at Instagram as a communications manager. So, okay. I'm going to give you the, like, I'm going to give you like the, the real no holds barred. I cool. think I'm, I think I'm finally comfortable in my, I wasn't always comfortable talking about it mm-hmm. um, because it ended actually kind of ended badly for me uh, because I lost, I lost my job. Well, that's the nice way of saying it. I, I got pushed out is another way of saying it. And then yeah. you can also say I got fired. Yeah. <laughs> so, which is, um, was a huge, uh, disappointing like uh, shock to my system in a lot of ways but despite all the sort of sort of the bad ending i'll i'll start from the beginning i won't take up too much time but essentially what happened was you know i i was i was working at cnn i'd been there 12 years i was in a very comfortable job that i liked I liked my job. <laughs> I wasn't really necessarily looking to leave, but over the course of the like, you know, previous three years, I'd really gotten into Instagram and the community and this opportunity came along that I thought, I just can't pass this up. I have to go do it. Even though I, I sort of knew that I was going to be leaving the editorial world, which is where I was working on it at CNN. You know, yeah. I, was, I was a, I was an editor and a producer and I was creating content to going into a role that was very much behind the scenes and working, still working with press, but working from the other side of like trying to, you know, manage those relationships with press and generate mm-hmm. press and, but mostly like control messaging. And I sort of thought, you know, I had this quiet voice on the side of my head being like, I don't know if this is like, you're going to like this job. And I also, you know, I also don't actually know how to do that job, but I was like, but I, fucking love Instagram and I know everything there is to know about Instagram 
and I got a, you know, I got a job offer to go and do it. So, yeah. you know, you know, you don't, you, yeah, do how do you turn like, that down? Yeah. You don't, you don't yeah. turn it down. Uh, you know, I, I've always been a, I've always been a big proponent of like, when, when doors open, you should walk through them. You know, cool. when life you're presented all sorts of opportunities and sometimes you're, you're not open to them. You don't even recognize them, but when you do and, and, a, and an opportunity, a door opens, I think, you know, roll the dice a little bit and go, you gotta, you gotta take it. So I had to take the job and, um, you know, and, and I, and so the long story short, I, I was right. I didn't, I wasn't the right fit for that job. And I sort of knew it pretty early on. And I felt a little overwhelmed. I, I think the thing that was disappointing to me, and, and I want to reiterate, like the people there that, you know, I, I think it was the 55th employee or something like that. Oh, wow. um, so it was still a pretty small team, but you know, a year earlier, it was a team of 13, and this is right before Facebook bought them. So the, by the time I joined, they were already at, you know, Menlo Park on Facebook campus. The team was pretty small, but it was rapidly growing. We were adding, like, we were adding, I don't know, it seemed like five or six new employees every couple of weeks. Oh, it was wow. growing really fast. And um, so that's the point in which I joined, and, and on my first day, I found out that we that they were going to launch video. <laughs> Oh, so geez, yeah. just to give you the the timeline, so you know my so my world my view of like Instagram was already like wow okay, I didn't know that we did video on Instagram but we do yeah and you know and so in the year that I was at Instagram, I was there almost exactly a year. Mm -hmm. um, we launched video, we launched uh, DM direct message, wow, and we launched ads. Oh wow, ads that's like Instagram. that's like the that's the arsenal. You saw that all. Yeah, I was I was there for that, which was really exciting. Um, but you know, it, but it was a but it was a you know it was a it was a tough period for me in my life. I was I was going through a divorce at the time. I was away from my kids. Mm -hmm. I was um, I had left a very sort of familiar and comfortable world, and I was now in the middle of Silicon Valley, uh, trying to make sense of it. And so, to be honest, I you know the, the the one, the one sort of disappointment that I had with working at Instagram was, I, I, I kind of, I, I naively kind of thought that working at Instagram was going to be kind of like being an Instagrammer. Like mm -hmm. I thought, like we were going to show up to work every day and we we're going to be like creating images, and we were going to be like getting really excited. Oh about yeah, and like Instagram. kombucha on tap or something like that too. I see that world too. Yeah. Oh well, there definitely was kombucha on tap. <laughs> I mean, it, it's it was like insane. There were like you could eat at like six different restaurants every day. It was just insane. <laughs> uh, the the perks. There's nothing wrong with the perks. Like, yeah. There was, a, there, there was like a chiro. It was like a world class chiropractor like on campus. I used to go see him every like two or three weeks. Nice. He was like amazing. He he like made my, he made my back feel so good. And then I was like talking to him and he's like, yeah, I'm, I'm like the, you know, I'm like the main chiropractor for like the, uh, the Ryder cup or whatever. Oh man. No, what's, the, yeah. what's the one? The, no, the it's not the Ryder cup. What's the one where they, for golf, they right? race yachts? Oh, oh. No, no. What's that one? Race yachts? I don't know, yeah, but like, I need to see they're this. So, they're so <laughs> they're like, like the, the world, like the U S uh, yacht team. He people like people are shouting at their their car speakers yeah. right now because they Sorry. know we have no idea. I don't know. I I do know what it is. I just can't recall it. You know, it's the old age, man. Yeah. Um. So anyway, <laughs> I um. So yeah, they're like amazing perks, but yeah, but it, but it wasn't like that at all. It was it was a uh, like the projects was, honestly, and the structure of of what you guys were doing. 
yeah, no, it was honestly a little stuffy. And, um, and I just, I didn't know, I didn't really do well in that environment. It was also like a place, you know, working, you know, I, I didn't report up through Kevin and Mikey. I record, I reported up through a Facebook structure and I had, um, my, my reporting, my bosses and their bosses and bosses were all were like, you know, from the Facebook world. And to be honest, like their priorities at Facebook were a lot different than the ones at Instagram. You know, even then, you know, I think th- those worlds have merged a little more since. But I think when we were when I was there, there was definitely like the Instagram team is over here and Facebook team is over here. Yeah. And I had to report up through Facebook. And so I had to go to all these like boring ass meetings where they would talk about like, man, why are you? how do we get people to talk about like good stuff about Facebook? And I was just like, I don't care. Like yeah. you know, Instagram, everyone loves Instagram. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go back. We don't have any problems, <laughs> but I spent, I spent the majority of my job kind of like, you know, we, we would uh, try to like, you know, just kind of like put out fires. We didn't do a whole lot of messaging. We were kind of mm-hmm. a quiet company back then, almost like kind of like Apple. Like when we had a release, then we would like make some noise, but um, otherwise it was kind of like, wouldn't make a statement unless like i don't know unless rihanna was like showing her nipple on instagram and it got taken <laughs> down those are the kind of those kind of things but uh yeah but you know so i i think i've con- finally come to terms with it and because i because I, when i got fired i i really like was shocked i mean i i also wasn't like i realized like i wasn't that good at my job and um and i didn't love it you know and so in a way like i should thank the guy that fired me but it was a, a real shock to my uh, confidence because I had always been, it's, I don't know, throughout life, I'd always been just like the model employee and, and like yeah. had high ratings and high markings. And I just, to ha- have this happen to me really just shook me to my core. But um, I, that was years ago. It's now I'm, I, I, honestly, it took me many years to get, I think maybe I should have gone to therapy but I, I finally, I finally in a good place yeah. um, with it. And I realized like it was a, in a lot of ways, it was, maybe it was a good thing, but um, except I don't have a, a salary or a, a, I don't have Facebook stock anymore or yeah. anything like that, which mean, would mean I would be very rich and comfortable. Um, instead I'm like living uh, <laughs> project to project. <laughs> yeah, but, but I that's, think I'm a lot happier. Fun. Honestly, I'm I'm happier. Yeah. So you spent so it was 11 years at CNN and then one year at Instagram. So after like when this happened and the plug got pulled on Instagram for you, was yeah. your thought process like okay, I'm gonna revert back to what I know I can do and I, what I know is safe or or what what happened yeah, in that, that transition? That was the initial. No, that was the initial thing. In fact, the first thing I tried to do was get a job back at CNN. Yeah. And I contacted my old boss, and my old boss was like. Uh, I love you. I do. I love you. But like, it's been a year. I'm a firm. I'm a firm believer that you should never go back. You shouldn't go back. You should go oh, forward. Yeah. Cool. And um, that was a great piece of advice. And um, you know what it was? It was timing. I really just lucked out again. It was a confluence of events. Another door just opened. It was. I had a. I had. I had because I had been on the suggested user list uh, leading up to my time at Instagram because I had that background of working at Instagram and because I was living in San Francisco, all those things were happening. And while, you know, while I was living in San Francisco, I had access to people like Michael O'Neill, who I've already mentioned Mm -hmm. and uh, other like really awesome photographers that I met who were living there. And through that connection, I met, um, my current photo agent who had, who had been run, who had, 
who was running Tinker Street. And Tinker Street, right at that, you know, right about six or seven months before I, I lost my job, he uh, they had started kind of like a social division. Yeah. And so this is because there was, um, you know, really for the first time, there were these weird opportunities that were coming. And so I remember what happened. The, the kind of the confluence events were like this. I lost my job. Thought I was going to go work for media again. Thought I'd go do like runs. I'd go run some media uh, company's Instagram account or something like that, you know. And that was kind of what I was thinking I would do. And this opportunity came up um, to go go take photos and do a social campaign in Alberta, Canada. So for Travel Alberta. And I I don't – I don't know if this was like the first one that they did, or maybe it was like the second, or it was early. Yeah, like they were dabbling. Doing, this is like the first people big weren't one for doing them. this. Yeah. yeah, people weren't doing this before. It was kind of revolutionary. Mm-hmm. And I got invited to go because I wasn't the first pick. I was someone. Someone couldn't had a conflict. They couldn't go, and so I was like a, a kind of a last minute alternative. And I was. They were like, "Hey, do you want to come to Canada?" And um, and I was like. Uh, tell me more. And they were like, okay, well, well, you know, we don't have a lot of money, but I think, I think it was like something like 24, 2400 Canadian or something like that, you know, maybe like $2,000 US dollars. And you're going to go to Alberta. You're going to go up into, um, you're, you're going to be going with, with, uh, Alex Stroll and some other Instagrammers. And you're going to, you're going to, you know, you're going to go into bear country and you're going to hike into this remote area and you're gonna stay on this lake and you're gonna (laughs) ride horses and you're gonna and you're freaking out you're like yeah okay helicopter (laughs) yeah no i'm losing my mind yeah yeah i'm like yeah so here's the here's the funny part about this story i'm still shooting everything everything i'm shooting and putting on instagram i'm doing on my iphone and i'm like okay i'm i'm about to go to alberta Canada with Alex fucking Stroll. Do you not have a camera and, yet at this point? And I'm gonna fly in a helicopter, and I, I was like, I can't, I can't show up with, <laughs> with just a, my iPhone with a shiny phone. Where's your gear? Yeah. It's in my pocket. <laughs> that's how wild. Look, that's how wild west this was back then. I love that. And so, so I, I reached out to my friend. I didn't, I didn't have any money really. So I, I reached out to my friend Lauren. Randolph, she's a she's like you know, so professional photographer. Had been doing this like years before Instagram, but I met her through Instagram, and I I caught, I said, hey Lauren, I need I need a camera. I need to rent. I need I think I'm gonna rent one, and I don't I don't really know what to use. Like, what do you what are you shooting on? And she's like, well, you know, I shoot I shoot a lot on my on the Canon 6D, and I was mm-hmm. like, okay, and I was like, and what like what lens? What's your favorite lens? And she's like, well. I don't know. I really like my 40 millimeter pancake lens. Yeah. And so I was like, cool, done. And so <laughs> I went, I went to a, I contacted a rental company and I said, Hey, um, I don't have any money, but like, look here, I, look, how do you feel about like social media marketing? Like, Hey, look, I'll give you guys a shout out. If you let me have this camera and lens for like, you know, two weeks. And, um, they were like, Okay. <laughs> nice. You just got to ask. Perfect. I was, no, I was just, I was just like a straight hustle. Yeah. And, uh, I didn't even know what to ask for or what to give them. I, it was all like, I don't know, <laughs> you know, this, this whole market didn't ex- exist back. You know, yeah. it's all coming together. So I took this rental camera with me to Alberta 
we had the most amazing, you know, it turns out I probably should have had two or three lenses. Two <laughs> <laughs> different like millimeters on there. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you know, I, no, I, I slayed it though. I feel like I had like awesome photos and people were digging it and yeah. it was like, the, it was like an amazing trip. And I got to, like, I got to become friends with Alex and, um, and Laura Pritchard and a bunch of other awesome photographers that were on this trip. And it just like opened this whole new world to me. And I thought, um, okay, this, I'm gonna, this. this is it. Yeah. I'm going to do this. Like I'm, you know, now, you know, how how many times since then have I been invited to go fly in a helicopter over a glacier? Like, you know, I don't know, like two, uh, maybe two more times. In like five years. <laughs> it was so, the right time. It was perfect timing. It was yeah. the the best time it could have been in your life. Yeah, it was the it was the most incredible, inspiring trip, and I and I just fell in love with it. And and um, and you know what? I never gave that camera back. <laughs> yeah. they're, they're probably like what where did that camera go on that 40 uh yeah. 40 millimeter huh? pancake lens <laughs> no I, I no i i i um i still have him i still have them both and uh i i mean i, I paid for it but i you know after that you know i was on that track and then i got that i got paid and i said hey i um i'm gonna buy it i'm not gonna give this back to you i need i need it because now i'm you know now i'm a professional photographer yeah and that's really that's really how it started Man, so when did uh did when did video come into play for you? You know, I don't know. I think video I'm still trying to figure out video. You yeah. know, I I I got into video because really before Instagram, before Instagram had stories, you know, there was Snapchat. Yeah, oh yeah. And I and I loved I loved Snapchat in that first year or so of Snapchat. And I was I was doing I loved the idea that you could experiment and I loved that it. it was just like you know an eight second video and yeah, um, yeah man. I I was doing all kinds of weird stuff on Snapchat and and uh, do, I do these kind of elaborate, really funny and and kind of like art very art directed um, little mini films and I just got really into it. Uh, and um, yeah, so but you know I I I I love video, but I don't. It's funny. I don't. I don't watch a lot of YouTube. My kids all do. Yeah. My kids love YouTube. I recognize that it's the future. I've seen amazing films people are putting together, and it's and I and I hate to sound like an old guy, but like I look at that and I'm like, oh man, that is like the level of entry for that is mm. really hard. So I like I like I love Snapchat and I love stories because it's it seems more accessible. You know, it seems like I can do this. So I like. I'm I'm always shooting video, mostly on my phone, of just whatever I'm doing, and sometimes I come across beautiful stuff, and then I like to stitch it together and and make stuff. I like to edit. I like to I like software where I can edit on my phone. Yeah. By the way, I still edit a lot on my phone, photos, video, everything. I love to. That has been my process since the very beginning. Amazing. What do you use like, for for apps, if you don't mind me asking? Oh, I mean, you can probably guess. I use you know, Snapseed. Oh, sna- oh, yeah, see, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, Lightroom, Snapseed. Uh, I love. I obviously Visco. Yeah. Uh, touch retouch. Um, you know, skewer it. I have like. There's a lot you, you know, can do yeah. on a phone. A ton still, and oh, more and more yeah. every year. Yeah. No, you can't. They're amazing. Um, 
that it, it's amazing what you can do on a phone. And, and that's my comfort level. So if it's, uh, if it's for like a big client and I need to send like a real big high res image, I'll, I'll edit on my laptop. On yeah. Lightroom. Mm-hmm. If it's, uh, if it's a project like the one I did in Egypt a couple months ago where you're trying to create content on the fly. Well, I'll just, you know, I'll shoot it and I'll send the images to my phone. I'll edit it there. You know, I, you know, the other thing too about my style is like, I don't do, a, I don't do a lot of editing. I don't, mm-hmm. you know, I, and maybe that's obvious. <laughs> it's like why I'm not like, uh, I don't know. I'm maybe not like very popular now because I just don't, I, I like to, I don't like to fuck with it too much. I, I want, I want to keep it as close to what it really, what I really had and really saw. And I just, I love natural light and, you know, I mean, I do, I mean, I have a process, I have a style, I, I definitely follow some rules and I make adjustments, but they're very slight. Yeah. And that's just kind of my, that's just kind of my, my style because that's kind of how I, I don't know. It's kind of what, that was kind of the, the group that I grew up in. Yeah. We thought like, that's how it should be. Definitely. Um, I, I totally see that in your work too. And I, I absolutely love that. And I feel like that's a lot of the type of stuff that I do too. Like I definitely have an aesthetic that I like to edit with. But I don't like, there's a lot of these people that will match colors, like, you know, like colors and make sure everything flows as a grid more than even just a single photo. And I guess that can be for some people, um, but it just doesn't really do it for me. And like, that's not really what I want to put out, you know, and like try to like keep seamlessly all together. Right. Yeah. Well, you know, and I I think it's just a different, I mean, I don't in no way want to suggest that these guys that are doing this aren't, aren't photographers. Um, but but I feel like it, they dip they're dipping into a um, they're dipping also into this world of like graphic design you know yeah. and which I admire and I think is great you know you look at uh, you look at a lot of uh, people who they're creating um, they're creating works of art you know it, it's yeah. like they've captured an image and then they're going into Photoshop and they're they're like creating world like they're creating a a, a world that is like it's real but it's also like no, it's also like fantasy, you know, yeah. it's like, um, you know, it's like I've been to some of these places and, uh, it doesn't actually look like that. Yeah. Even if you got the most amazing sunset, like it's that sky didn't, you know? And so, um, you know, I'll, you know, when it, when that style first started breaking out, I kind of, I'll admit, I kind of hated on it. I was like, okay, mm-hmm. it's going too far you guys. Yeah. But now, but now, you know, I've actually met, I've met, I met a lot of these guys that do it and, and they're awesome people. And, and I really like their work and I think it's fun. And I, and I don't really, I don't hate on it anymore. I really kind of just appreciate like the level of like amazing um, stuff they can do with, with, with a piece of software. Yeah. I mean, you know, in addition, they're like going, they're actually going out there and getting the shot. Mm-hmm. So like, you have to respect anyone that does that, yeah. you know? And just a ton like of post processing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you got there. Well, yeah. I feel and like you spent, and you're spending clearly. You spent hours, in some cases, like an hour or two on one photo. Like you're really, you know, I'm like, look, when I come back and look at my images, like I spend if I'm if I'm on something for like a minute, it's and I don't long. feel like I'm going anywhere, dude. You, you and know, me I mean, both, I'll man. spend I'll spend more time obviously on a photo editing than a minute. Yeah. But the selection process, it's like okay. If it's, if I'm, I'll, I'll toy around with it. And if, if I'm not feeling it, it's like, okay, move on. Like yeah. No, you know, same here. Um, whereas like, I've seen, I've seen, uh, should I name someone? I don't know. I don't, I don't. Okay. So like I was, uh, I went to, I went to Argentina with this kid, Ryan Resetka. Do you know that guy? No. You know that kid's Instagram? Uh-uh. 
Okay. No, maybe I do. I got to. What is it? Ryan. I'm going to look it up right now. Ryan. Ryan Resetka. How do you spell Uh, that last name? I'll look it up. I think I can do it. (laughs) Resetka. Oh, I got it. Resetka. Ryan Resetka. Yeah. How do you spell it? We should spell it for our audience. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, R-E-S-A-T-K-A. That's Resetka. Ryan Resetka. Yeah. Um, Oh, yeah. Okay. So so I I recognize his icon. I've seen him before. He's, yeah, he's, man, he's really fun. Great oh, wow. Guy. Great yeah. Guy. Great guy. He, uh, I was in Argentina with him on this like fun project. And, um, in, and I don't know, it was like, it was kind of eye opening. Cause I was like, wow, okay, this is the, this is the youth movement. This is yeah. like the new crop of like up and coming Instagram legends. Yeah. It's and, pretty wild. Um, it's unreal. Yeah. And, um, yeah. And he's getting like massive engagement and he's like, he, he understands how to use hashtags in a way that I, ne- I never even thought about Mm -hmm. you know he's doing he's dedicated to the grail uh and he's also going to all these like amazing places he's living his best life i respect it yeah but saying like we we went to like the same locations and our photos look totally different but i was like watching him we were in the airport and i was just watching him go and i was just like blown away i was like wow this guy's like doing it you know two-toning he's like he's in there he's adding structure he's like it's not like he's like fabricating stuff or making stuff up he's just he's he gets it in terms of like how he wants to highlight certain parts and add color in certain parts and what to eliminate. And he's like an artist and yeah. he's, he's really putting in the effort to create. So, and I, and, and so I don't know, I don't know how you might ask a tradi- a tra- maybe I, maybe I'm a little more traditional than I sort of realized because I was like, wow, that's you're veering into graphic art now, buddy. Yeah. Well, and Instagram is, is, is doing that, you know, like pictures like this, like, yeah, they've been around for a long time, but especially now, like what these have done for Instagram, in my opinion, is it's, it's raised the bar, but it's kind of become the bar, which is unfortunate for people that get discouraged by it, you know, cause there's a ton of people that see these types of pictures and like, yeah, it's gorgeous and the engagement's insane. And then that kind of makes them feel like, well, man, if I can't do that, am I going to, like, should I even be a photographer? You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't know. That's an interesting point. I don't know that I've thought about that. Um, I think the answer to that is, like, they, they, they're not a, they don't mutually, they don't cancel each other out. There's not, there's not one or the other. I think is a vast world photography and there's always going to be, if you can, if you can make beautiful composition, if you understand how to make an appealing image, if you are, you are good at making people feel comfortable in front of the camera. Yeah. Uh, there's always going to be work for you because like we need people out there capturing beautiful images, you know, yeah. going out, going out and being um, a travel Instagrammer who is taking like legendary, epic, epic images is definitely a skill and you got to work really hard to it. But again, those tools are all out there for you. Like you can watch YouTube tutorials on how to make your images look like that. And so I don't look at it as in terms of like being discouraged. I think it's more like, um, you know, what route do you want to take? Yeah. It's like, what flavor do you, do you offer? Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and I think, I think they can all coexist, you know, on my Instagram, the people that I follow, I follow Ryan, you know, and I follow, uh, Magnum photographers, you know, and like their work, when you look at them side by side, they're like vastly different, but like in my mind, it all fits because it's like my, it's my feed, yeah. you know? And, uh, and it's all, it's all good. It's all good. And 
and inspiring. Well, Tyson, like I know you got some some Chinese food to get to. I don't want to take up too uh, much more of your time, but I kind of want to like guide this into to another question um, that is kind of like standing out in today's world. And that doesn't even have to be on Instagram. I know Instagram is kind of the go-to because that's just, you know, what we're kind of living in as photographers and creatives, but just, you know, standing out and, and having your work kind of speak for itself, but also gain attraction. Like what do you think are, are, you know, I, I don't even know the best way to structure this question, but mm. what, 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 what do you think is the, the avenue at least to, to do it in a very organic way? I I think the short answer is I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I feel like I used to know. I used to be a lot more confident in it. And now I feel like it's something that I'm kind of struggling with. Um, I think the answer, though, I think the answer is is to just constantly be shooting and working on personal projects. Yeah. So this is something that has been hammered into me repeatedly. And it's it's, you know, I have. I have personal projects that I don't share yet because mm-hmm. I don't, I don't, I don't think they're ready. You know, I've done a, I've done a few things and they've kind of failed. For example, right now I'm, I'm, I'm trying to document my neighborhood, my new neighborhood here in Queens it's called Ridgewood. It's an interesting neighborhood. It doesn't necessarily fall into all these kind of like categories of what I feel comfortable shooting. You know, like it's, it, there aren't like amazing epic buildings, for example, not like the skyline of Hong Kong or Tokyo or even Manhattan. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, the buildings it's are so beautiful ugly. in its own way. Yeah. And, um, um, but there's interesting people and I'm kind of still getting comfortable. Like, you know, I'm getting, you know, I'm getting comfortable meeting them and shooting them. And so, you know, maybe down the road someday I'll, I'll feel like I'm nailing it and I'll, and I'll want to, I want to shoot it. But the, I think the important thing is that I'm just out there doing it. And I think that that is the thing that, you know, if we're if we're thinking about this in terms of advice for photographers, I guess really at any stage, it's like find this personal project that you are passionate about and just keep going back to that and keep shooting and you will develop this style. You'll develop your own unique voice. You know, ultimately, those are the things that are going to separate you from other people in the field. And even though I don't necessarily have living proof of this, I've seen it enough times among my friends. It does, it leads to work. If you are working on these passion projects, your personal stuff, and that's what you're sharing and that's what you're putting on your website, that is what you're going to get hired to do. And that'll, the bonus of that will be because people will share, they'll like, they'll want a piece of that vision that you've already set up. You know what I mean? So you won't be like, you're not going to be asked to go and do engagement photo and you're like ah i don't know i don't think i've done that <laughs> yeah instead you're gonna be like ah oh, that is in my wheelhouse yes i will yeah. take your check and go and like shoot this thing that i'm really good at shooting yeah if that makes sense i couldn't imagine a way to to better you know to better lay that out because it's so true like it's experience but but from that it's it's going out and picking up a camera and, and shooting and letting like time just be on your side and not trying to you know hit a hundred youtube tutorials in a day and instead, just kind of, you know, go with the flow and, and shoot different things and shoot what you love and shoot things that you realize you don't love. And because of that, you won't shoot them again. Like, you know, there's there's a there's a way around it. I love it. Tyson, thank you so much, man. I had a really good time chatting. This is uh, this is by far I the longest too. podcast. Thanks, yeah, no, this is this has been great. Um, I didn't yeah. mean to take up too much of your time, but but 
I enjoyed all of it. That's okay. I'm going to sit down and enjoy my delicious vegan Chinese. Yes, please do. And then, uh, so if anyone wants to to see your work that isn't already following you, it's at T Wheat on Instagram, but then your website is Tyson Wheatley, spelled W-H-E-A-T-L-E-Y, Wheatley. I don't know why I spelled that, but maybe people might not know. But Tyson Wheatley.com. Oh, no, because you know why? Because people forget the E all the time. Oh, there you go. All yeah, the so time. Tyson yeah. Wheatley with the E. In Wheatley.com. You can do your website is so much stuff, which is great. There's, you know, all the projects and places you've been, and you can oh, get man. prints, prints Thank as you. well. Um, yeah. podcasts, listen to Tinker Street podcasts. Is there anything else yeah. that you want to throw in here? Listen to the po- no, no, that's you're being so generous. Thank you very much for your time. It was really great talking to you and uh actually feeling a little inspired just uh just just chatting with you. So thank you. Awesome. Thank you, Tyson. I appreciate it. All right, take care. That'll do it, guys. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. Tyson, thanks again for chatting. I hope that Chinese food was good. Vegan Chinese food. There's got to be that in Los Angeles, right? There has to be. There's everything in Los Angeles. I got to see what's the deal with vegan Chinese food. I will say that I am not the biggest um, vegan eater. Like, I love vegetables and I eat great. At least I try to. Um, but I, I will say that every single time, like I'm either at a shoot or I'm doing something that's catered and it's a vegan, vegan cuisine that the food is absolutely unbelievably good. Um, so yeah, I don't know why I just want to talk about that for a second, but, uh, yeah. Okay. So Tyson, thank you. And you guys, I really appreciate you. Also, I want to remind you that all of Tyson's prints right now, all proceeds are going to the National Park Foundation. And you can find his prints at TysonWheatley.com or you can find them at T Wheat, T W H E A T. Man, I really am really good at spelling things. T Wheat.darkroom.tech. Um, so yeah, check it out. He has some really beautiful stuff up there and yeah, you guys, thanks again. Um, I hope you enjoyed it and we will see you next week.